Yo, my people, my brethren, thank you for tuning into the Grateful Yardy Presents Friday Night Smackdown in a 30 minutes or less. It's your boy, your brethren, Drew, giving you the lowdown on the June 4th edition of WWE Smackdown Live and Direct from the Thunderdome. Gotta say it that way. But before we get into all of that, you can find past episodes of the Grateful Yardy Podcast up on Anchor.fm. Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Podcast Addict, and wherever else you get your favorite podcast, check out our Facebook page at The Grateful Yardy. The Grateful is spelled G-R, the number 8-F-U-L. If you want to drop me an email to be a guest, have some concerns, want to just talk, you can always hit me with an email that is MrDrewWrestling99 at gmail.com. But before we get into all of that, there was some cuts on Wednesday from the WWE. And when I mean cuts, future endeavorments, if that is even a word. And the WWE made their latest round of cuts on Wednesday, surprising many of us at the level of stars that they cut. The releases include Braun Strowman, Aleister Black, Lana, Ruby Riot, Murphy, and Santana Garrett, which were reported by Fightful and later confirmed by the WWE via their website. So the question is always, as always, is where do these people end up? Braun Strowman, for me, perfect place for him would be, he said a few months ago that he wouldn't rest for anybody else but Vince McMahon. Now Vince McMahon said, you're fired. So, the door could be open. Here's the question. Does Braun Strowman love the business? That is a very, very, very likable question you could ask. And if if that's not the case, he'll probably go off and do other things. Aleister Black. I think the best place for Aleister Black to go is known as Tommy End. Before he signed with WWE, he does not own Aleister Black. So, he's probably going back to his indie name, which is Tom Tommy, uh, Tommy End. I think the best place for Tommy N to end up is New Japan Pro Wrestling because New Japan needs a new influx of some new faces on that brand. It was cool to see Will Ospreay as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion until he had to leave and vacate the title due to neck injury. We always have the the, the Okadas and those guys, but I think um, Tommy N, a.k.a. Aleister Black, the best fit for him would be New Japan Pro Wrestling. With Lana, Lana, I don't want to see her show up on AEW and Team with Miro. I don't want that for her. If she's seriously about being a pro wrestler, maybe she needs to go to an organization that is heavily focused on women's wrestling. It seems like she has taken the time to actually train, learn, and get better as a performer. So maybe a shimmer, maybe... Maybe a woman of honor with Ring of Honor, maybe Impact Wrestling. I just don't think she should show up on AEW and automatically go over and team with Miro. Ruby Riot, um, Heather Lovelace was her name on the Independence before she signed with WWE. Another person I could see showing up at Impact Wrestling or even AEW would would do immensely amazing for any of those two women's um, division. With Murphy, New Japan for Murphy, or even Impact, because 
This is somebody that wasn't high on the WWE radar, wasn't really an important character in WWE. So maybe going to an impact would put a little shine on him. And Santana Garrett is one of those players that you can plug in and play anywhere. She can go over to um, NWA. She could go to Impact. She could go to um, AEW. She could go to Ring of Honor. It, it, MLW. It doesn't matter where she goes. She'll be a great hand and a great fit wherever she shows up. But to me, these cuts in the last few weeks and months, and I'll wrap it up and get into the SmackDown stuff. I think the for sale signs in WWE. I think... WWE right now as an entity can fetch between two to four billion dollars. ESPN would love to have them in, on 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 their books. Uh, Amazon is starting their their whole streaming site with with Amazon Prime, so they would be looking for stuff. Hulu um, right now to me the front runners if they, if WWE was to sell would be Peacock. Um, and the price tag is between two and four million dollars. But I think all these cuts from the corporate side and especially talent side is setting up for a potential sale of world wrestling entertainment. So let's jump into the June 4th edition of WWE SmackDown. And we open the show with Roman Reigns and he does his entrance with Paul Heyman as usual. And he gets on the mic and he says, last week he was feeling kind of salty about the whole tag team championship thing with his cousins, which is Jimmy and Jay Uso. And he's trying to, he said, me change my mind. They can go after it and just bring the belts and back to me. The Usos come out, they do their whole thing. Jimmy says he he already acknowledged Roman last year after he done choke him out and, and his brother out last year at Hell in the Cell. And Roman says, yo, them things are last year thing. You know, I just want to wish you guys the best of luck Bring the, and bring home those titles because the whole family is watching. We go to commercial and we go into match number one, which is for your WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships of the World. The champs going in are Dominic and Rey Mysterio, father and son team, going against the brothers of Jimmy and Jay Uso. And the winners of this match are Dominic and Rey Mysterio by pinfall. With an inside cradle to retain their SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And then they show Roman Reigns telling Paul Heyman to go get the Usos and bring them rats to me. We come back from commercial break. Usos are trying to explain the loss to Roman Reigns. But he explodes and says he doesn't want to hear a rats from them. Uh, he says they lost to a child. And worst of all, they called their shots and didn't win. Embarrassing the family. The only thing they're lucky about is that there's still time left on the show. So they better go beg whoever they have to beg to get the next shot. But before they do, he wants them to understand his position. There are six-time tag team champions who have only ever been on WrestleMania one time. And in less than a year, under Roman Reigns' guidance, Jey Uso closed the show. Seth Rollins is in the back. For his interview, and he cuts Kayla off and says that mid question, telling her that he doesn't owe the WWE Universe a rasting. Maybe the WWE Universe is going to be the next one to be future endeavored. Who knows? Certainly, it's not the time or an answer. There's not going to be an answer to her question. He goes as far as to take the microphone off and drop it on the floor, sitting back with a smug look on his face. 
Street Profits are hanging out backstage when Chad Gable rolls up. He apologized for butting in, but he noticed a downward tread in their career. Montez Ford has lost six inches off his frog's ass. Frog Splash and Angelo Dawkins Sky High looks more like a grounded medium. And then he asked them to hear him out and consider what he's done for Otis. He says for the smoke, he asked for the smoke. That's Chad Gable asked for for the smoke. And they said they're insulted and it's a no. So they're not giving him the smoke. Then we set up, uh, Carmella was in her, making her entrance in Inserted a promo where she talks about she's the prettiest thing in the WWE, which sends us to commercial break. When we come back from commercial, the Usos roll up on Sonya Deville and the five-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pearce. Adam Pearce emphasizes that the referee's decision stands, but Sonya said that he did make a mistake. So they're going to, to talk it over and give them a decision tonight. Liv Morgan gets an insert promo where she calls... Carmella a seven, and she's gonna make her tap with a boot to the face, which takes us into match number two of the program, folks. That is Carmella versus Liv Morgan, and Liv is all alone because her former tag team partner Ruby Riot was released on Wednesday, and the winner of this match was Carmella by submission with the Code of Silence, and then we see Bianca Belair walking backstage, which sends us to another commercial break. I'm back from commercial. Dominic and Ray Mysterio were walking back there, ready to bounce when the five-time NWA World Heavyweight Champion Adam Pearce and Soda Deville rolled up on the thing. They informed them of the referee's mistake and said they had to defend their titles again tonight. The Mysterios turn around and head back. Bianca Belair makes her entrance and gets on the mic. Bianca says that Bailey has been pressuring or uh, press or. Uh, has been pressuring her ever since she's won the WWE Women's Championship or the SmackDown Women's Championship to get it right. She has done everything about it but laughed. But most of the WWE is laughing at ba- at Bailey. Bailey isn't the first one to try to keep her down. People have been trying to keep Bianca down and for and calling on soothing their insecurities since she was three years old. Calling her a show off Manish because she was too muscular and athletic, but nobody, nobody has ever has ever laughed at her before, and she's so she's vexed that Bailey laughed at her. I mean, it's too much long talking. So pretty much, Bianca is saying that nobody has ever laughed at her until Bailey, and that she's pretty much has to put up with people's own insecurities since she was three, calling her a show-off or managed because she looked too muscular and athletic. Nobody has ever laughed at her in her face and disrespected her, so she has a proposal. If Bailey wants to challenge her to a match at... She wants to challenge Bailey to a match at the Hell in a Cell Network special. Uh, Bailey appears laughing on the Tron and says she's not even in the arena. This room is plastered with photos with her, it's a sanctuary. She accepts the match and starts laughing. Bailey's laughing face appears on every screen in the Thunderdome as we cut away. The street parkers are hanging out backstage when Otis comes up to them pacing. He tells them they're out of line and Chad was just trying to help them. So he needs to apologize. They rebuke by asking him what 
uh, what he's achieved since um, Gable took him under his wing, and that makes Otis mad enough to attack them. And we go to commercial break. When we come back from commercial break, there's a video packaging covering Shinsuke Nakamura's crown face feud with Baron Corbin, which takes us into match number three, which is Baron Corbin going up against Shinsuke Nakamura. And the winner of this match, folks, is... Baron Corbin by pinfall with a, ro a deep folding victory roll pin. Post-match, he goes to grab the crown, his crown, but Boogs or Boggs cuts him off, and Nakamura is able to keep the stolen property again. We see in the back Kevin Owens walking around when Commander Aziz attacks him and beats him down, ramming him with a road case. Road agents, Packbuck, and the former... Uh, Ring of Honor World Champion Jamie Noble arrived to break it up and we go to another commercial break. Back from break, Apollo Crews is in the ring off smiles as we replay the beat down we just saw and we go into match number four. Apollo Crews going in as champion versus Kevin Owens for the WWE Intercontinental Championship and the winner of this championship matchup is... And still, Apollo Crews winning by pinfall with a Death Valley driver on the apron to retain the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Post-match, Sami Zayn runs down and he beats the Holy Ross out of Kevin Owens. And referee Jessica Carr runs, runs down between them, but Sami returns and stomps KO in the rib for one for good measure. The Street Profits are backstage. Talking about their interaction with Chad Gable and Otis, they want Otis to stay away and mind his own business because they don't care what kind of bulldozer he is. They're going to send him to the junkyard and they want the smoke. We see the Usos walking backstage before our main event. Then a commercial. We got some Hype 4 talking smack, which is a decent show from time to time. Live and direct for free on the WWE Network. And no, Royal Wrestling Entertainment does not pay me to plug their programming. Then we go to the main event. Again, the opening match. Grand opening, grand closing. Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio, which are the tag team champions, are defending again against the Usos. And the winners of this match are Dominic and Ray by disqualification. Post-match, Roman Reigns shows up Spears, um, Ray, and dumps him out the ring. Ray continues to beat on the champs on the floor, hamming him with the steel steps. He drags Dominic into the ring and chokes him out with the guillotine over Jimmy Uso's objection. Jimmy leaves and Roman stares at Jay for a long beat before going back to beating down Mysterio. And finishing it with a power bomb, which is the end of the June 4th edition of Friday Night SmackDown. Folks, decent show this week. I'm just not a fan of the bait and switch. If they already won, the, and I get what the story is with the main event, is that Roman Reigns controls the show. And the authority figures, which is Sonya Deville and, and Adam Pearce, are afraid of him. So whatever his group... Or whoever he's associated with, which are Jimmy and Jay, they can get the same type of things that Roman Reigns gets. But I just wasn't a fan of the Mysterios defending the titles not once, but twice in the same show. Alright folks, that was, as I said, 
Friday Night Smackdown in about 30 minutes or less. The next time you hear your boy Drew talk about professional wrestling will be Raw in a 30 minutes or less. I am going to enjoy AEW Dynamite. Only look a spoiler alert. Andrade showed up on Friday Night Dynamite this week. He was introduced by Vicky Guerrero. Um, also, you know it's the month of June. Month of June is very important to me because I got Father's Day and my wedding anniversary. So I'm going to take a step away from professional wrestling with not one, but two separate non-wrestling editions of the Grateful Yardy Podcast. I think the first one, will I will talk about relationships. What I feel makes a healthy, happy, successful relationship. And the second one, I will talk about something that I've been a part of for eight years. I've, it's been established in 2013, the group of fatherhood. So what my views of fatherhood could, should be, especially coming from the word, the mouth of a West Indian youth, a Yadi youth. I'll give you my, my tips or what I think we could be doing as black men to be better fathers to our children. All right, you can always find me on Twitter. That is the Wrestling Ninety Nine on the Gram, Drew underscore Wrestling Ninety Nine. And until next time, folks, thanks for listening. Be inspired, be excited, and always, always, always remain grateful. Peace. Chase down.